For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Saving money on everything for your next project at Menards. It doesn't matter what job you're up against. Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment have the power for you to get the job done faster and easier. The PowerShare 20-volt batteries run longer on a single charge, and they can be used with other tools. Check out Menards' entire selection of Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment. Plus the weekly flyer today on Menards.com. Save big money at Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the show where myself, Dan Selke from Internet, and Mia Johnson, editor at fansetter.com, talk about all things Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, you know, Star Wars, Doctor Who, Westworld, Disney, superheroes, anything nerdy under the sun, and distill it all for you and give you the lowdown, what you need to know every day, all day, all the time. Mia, yes. how are you today? I'm doing, doing good. Coming <laughs> off of a faux false snow day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yesterday. Th- th- there's a bit of a false alarm. Yeah. We're in Chicago, if you don't know, and there's like, you know, Chicago's always under a constant threat of um, snowpocalypse, yeah. of just an avalanche from the sky. And sometimes it ends, it goes through. We've had some awful, oh, yeah. awful yeah, snow days very... in the past. Were you here for like the 2011 snowpocalypse? Yeah, that's it was like that the was first legendary. time we actually like shut down like Chicago public schools in a very long time. Off topic, but very much so. Weather's worth mentioning. Oh, by the way, hello, Jen. Uh, hey, Sherry. Hello. On everybody. topic, I can't say. Yes. George R. R. Martin went to school in Northwestern, and he was inspired by a snowpocalypse in like the seventies. <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding. You can look this up. Um, he said. I mean, he was kind of like waffling, but like he was yeah. sort of inspired to create the wall from Game of Thrones because of these giant I ice walls. I can definitely walls. see that. The, oh yeah, it gets bad here. Very bad. <laughs> when, when it's bad in Chicago, it's bad. Right now, it's actually pretty nice. Yeah, it's, it's pretty decent. It's a nice, light sprinkling of snow. And hello, hello, Sherry. Hello, hello, Louise. Hey, everybody. Hello, Nicole. And I thought we would kick today off with some Game of Thrones, Summer Fire adjacent news, um, as we like to do. Uh, glad I am down south. I mean, honest to God, I like the south, too. I kind of like the seasons, but it... it listen... I think it's worth the occasional freak snowstorm in Chicago mm-hmm. to live up here. But, yeah. you know, there are charms to all kinds of places. Yeah. Anyway, Game of Thrones news of the week is that David Benioff and Dan Weiss, the Game of Thrones showrunners, mm-hmm. men of mystery, controversy, intrigue, just, um, you know, towering public figures. All around figures. great guys. Uh, you know, they've had quite a journey since the end of Game of Thrones. Yeah. They were going to make a Star Wars trilogy and then... You know, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker and just Disney thought, like, we need to rethink everything. And we'll get to that yeah. later, what we're doing with that. That didn't pan out. Um, this had to do with Netflix, a giant deal with Netflix, like hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And they directed Leslie, Leslie Jones, Jones' comedy special. Which, which was, I watched. Oh, yeah, was it good? I watched. It was decent. She's good. She's good. She has her moments. Um, again, I still have no idea how you can direct a comedy special, but my hat's off to them. <laughs> I mean, like, if Martin Scorsese can, like, direct, like, a 
the concert of the band and like get yeah. legendary for it. I'm sure you can direct a comedy special. You know what I bet? I bet it's one of those things where like you don't notice if it's directed well, but if it's directed badly, That's you're like, who mm, shot this? Yeah. That's what I'm betting. You know what? I'm maybe the only thing I could see is because it's on screen, you have to kind of like give them directions like, okay, the camera's <laughs> going to do this. Like, for instance, there's like a tracking shot of her like entering the stage, like coming right. on stage. So it's like, okay, the camera's going to follow you. Don't panic. This is how the shot's going to go. And then the rest, that's maybe, that's all I can think of. <laughs> oh, and Sherry, after they flop again, uh, well, you can decide for yourself, Sherry. So the news is they unveiled their first kind of big Netflix project. I don't mm-hmm. want to, I want to say first, but like they did do the Leslie Jones thing. Yeah. Which, you know, which is, was a nice little dip in the water. Yeah. So, Benny F. Weiss took the curtain back on their first Netflix show, which is going to be a very non-Game of Thronesy drama called Dramedy, I should say, <laughs> was the word yeah. the press release was using, called The Chair. A six... Let me just hear you. When you hear The Chair, what do you think it's about? Um... Let's see. The chair. The chair. From the makers of Game of Thrones right. comes the chair. I can on almost Netflix. see it being either like a really kind of haunting thing about like honestly like <laughs> a haunted chair. <laughs> I know that's not what it's about, but it could it could be like one of those like um oh gosh, what am I thinking? Not the purge movies, but like like in that realm or not the purge but one of the horror movies or something about somebody kind of conjuring that's what i'm thinking of i know what this is about more of like being the chair of something so i can definitely see it being like the leader like oh i am the chair i rule with an iron fist or something like Like that nicole's electrocuting people oh which is a good one but (laughs) no it is about the chair of an English department at a major American university played by Sandra O. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Jay Duplass. We don't know anything about it. It's obviously a modern set drama, the chair, chair of an English department, university dramedy. And uh, apparently it's more like the brainchild of Benioff's wife, actress Amanda Peet, mm. who was in the spotlight for like, like a five year period yeah. back in the 2000s. Like yeah. she had some, some pull. Apparently, Apparently, they pitched this to HBO a while back, but HBO passed. And now they're oh, back now here on Netflix the, doing it. Yeah. Apparently, Amanda Peet's going to be the one who... There she was, Benioff. Yeah. The one to actually like do the show running. She's right in the pilot with someone else. She'll be executive producing with Benioff, with Weiss, and with Bernadette Caulfield, who was also a huge Game of Thrones person. Mm-hmm. Like She was really a big producer on that. So, okay. So, I have two things. Yes. Um, the first bit is... How does this strike you as a Game of Thrones follow-up? The chair. Six-part American <laughs> University dramedy. You know what? It has potential. I think because it's HBO, because it's Oh, them. it's Netflix. Oh, oh, that's right. It's Netflix. Oh, yeah. They they did not sign a deal with Warner Media. Yeah. We're, we're not sure if they were offered, but we know that there was like a bidding war for them going around for a while, and they went with Netflix at the end of the day. Wow. I... Mm. It's, I mean, I can see it being kind of like dramatic. The only like college TV like show, well, I guess there's tons of college TV shows. I'm thinking of like community. So that's obviously like a comedy. Sure. So I'm like, where can we find the drama? The education of Max Bickford, an incredibly <laughs> short lived Richard Dreyfus vehicle on CBS back in 2000, 2001. <laughs> was about him as a college professor. It's the oh only other thing gosh. I could possibly think of. Oh, we're going There are a lot of dramas thoughts. that are like, uh, just at a college and you're yeah, a university professor. Yeah. I, oh my gosh. Maybe there could be like, I could see them throwing in like an admission scandal, oh, you know, you that go. type of storyline. Um, maybe there's like some, 
I feel I never watched How to Get Away with Murder, but was she a professor? Just at law school or something. At law school, so there is a lot of drama to be had in in the academic realm. I think the thing is that, like you know, you, you hear Game of Thrones, you yeah. Would, I, your mind just goes to okay. So when does the horse guy come in with a sword right, and yeah, chop off the director's head? As Sherry asked, the much drama at a university. I mean, it looks like they're going to do something a lot more. If I had to guess, I'd say, why don't we do the opposite? of yeah. epic hordes of battles and it's like a small obviously a smaller scale sort of thing mm-hmm. i mean there's plenty to explore at a drama at a university yeah, yeah. <laughs> like admissions counts are one thing you can do you know all these controversies about are schools too liberal are like their safe space stuff yeah. against them attacking that kind of thing yeah. people where they have these controversial speakers come in yada yada, yada. i can already smell the storyline where she's like conflicted about dating one of the professors or like the dean or the <laughs> like, students yeah Ooh. <laughs> That too. There's gonna be. There's always got to be like some sort of love complication or love triangle. Really, there. we have no idea. Yeah. We're just. I'm yeah. completely pulling I out mean, of my butt. I don't know. But I mean, I don't mind it, and I kind of like that they're not gonna dive into another giant epic sweeping epic. Yeah. You know. Like, yeah. No, that's fine by me. They can. Chris been different. Branch out. The other part I wanted to make is that part of it sounded because, by the way, Jen says, I swear it was sounding like modern Game of Thrones, but no armor, <laughs> but suit and tie. That could happen too. Yeah. yeah. I want, it, it, I love it for like to become that. Like at mm-hmm. first, it's like a very light community like comedy, but by season four, it's like people are marching in their suits yeah. and like, I will oust the department, the department head of the Kimi Al- yeah. the department. <laughs> Probably not. Um, Part of me wonders if, because it's Amanda Peet's kind of, apparently it's her brainchild, and she's going to be doing it, if, like, they're just going to be the producers on this, but they're really going to be themselves digging their hands into some other project that's more their brainchild. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I feel like it's going to be more of her thing, and then it's kind of it's just kind of got their stamp on it they're like we're here to back you up to kind of do what we whatever you need help with but i feel like she's probably gonna fly with it which is fine sure, by me yeah, yeah. Netflix has like eighty thousand jillion <laughs> yeah. uh, properties yeah. what's one more <laughs> go ahead i mean right now we don't really know much so i'll just watch and see uh what happens next yeah as it, it develops i think it's got potential though i mean sandra i like sandra oh, oh. yeah sandra oh is a good actress. we can all agree on that <laughs> yeah and i i know jay duplis from stuff too but i can't off the top of my head, I remember it. But yeah, she's good and killing each and everything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, go Sandra. Oh, go Benny. Go wife. Go Pete. Have fun with the chair. Yes. Coming this fall to Netflix. Maybe. I don't know. That's for sure. I mean, next spring. Anyway, another sort of business news. Mm-hmm. A huge thing dropped yesterday. Yeah. So after over a decade, I think like over 15 years, um, Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, which is, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the most powerful entertainment company in the world, oh, yeah. maybe Tencent could equal them over in China, but definitely in the West. Yes. Um, is stepping down. Bob Iger is no longer the president no. of Disney, effective immediately. <laughs> Pictured here with me. Pictured on the left is, is Bob Iger. Just yeah. For- <laughs> yeah. The left is Bob Iger. The right, is, I think it'll be a fan or something. It's a fan. It's a mouse. Some some guy. And he is being replaced by a gentleman named Bob Chepik, mm-hmm. who is only going to be, by the way, the seventh CEO in the yeah. history of Disney. This company been around for like almost a hundred, like ninety something years, yeah. and it has had seven people in charge of it. These guys have long tenures. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I think what's fascinating, and I, I wrote a story about this and I tweeted, is that you can kind of like look through the lens and every like Disney CEO puts their own distinct like flair on it and they have their own era. So I would say like Eisner the, was like the revival. <laughs> of, uh, Eisner was a boo. I, <laughs> I go on and on and on about Eisner, but it, he started. Yeah, he started out kind of strong because we got like the um and that's up there. We've got Chappic. He's yeah. Um, to, yeah. He was the he's not sneezing. No, <laughs> his eyes just look like that. He was like he this guy is a chairman on the Disney parks or like the executive chair on Disney parks board or something um, that he just had. He got that role in like, 2018. But they said he has been working for Disney since like 1993. Uh, so yeah. he knows his Disney stuff. These are lifers we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He knows his Disney stuff. But like back to like the Michael Eisner, it's like where you can start to begin to feel like what they're going for. So we did have like the Disney Renaissance yeah. with him. That yeah, was like him, right? Beauty that was Little, Beast, Mermaid, Little, Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid, yeah. Aladdin, all those things. And then there was something where it just kind of like pivoted and it was just like downhill from there um where you've got things like um you know he's making like questionable choices like for disney parks um and there was one thing where roy i think roy e disney uh he was like basically he was working for the company and he protested uh having michael eisner removed (laughs) because he was doing such a terrible job running the company that's when bob Iger stepped in yeah, I mean, Iger has had quite the tenure. It's, I mean, okay, yeah. some, some of his hit parade. I mean, we got he bought Marvel, yeah, which has to be maybe the best purchase of an entertainment decision in the past like fifty years because that obviously mm-hmm. spawned the MCU. Huge, untold, ridiculous success. I think that's a clear win for him. Bought Pixar. Yeah, I mean, you know, if Disney Animation was starting to kind of go down after the Renaissance, that ensured that they would still be on the forefront yeah, of it. Yeah, and they made Frozen, so like they were back up anyway. Um, bought Lucasfilm, which you know that's gave us the new Star Wars huge, movies. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't quite as successful, but still a but big yeah, purchase. It's still, yeah, I mean, basically, this guy oversaw Disney's expansion from really prominent brand to entertainment ubermensch. Yeah, I feel like he did a lot of patching up for the brand kind of like yeah you did have the disney renaissance things were kind of like slipping ish like 2000s was i wouldn't say like a super quiet period but they were going through some things you know got things like failed disney quest um i'm trying to think of like any 2000s movies little and stitch was good though so that was fine i think that was like 2003 ish or something but it was like really kind of slow and they were like we don't know what to do so i think bob Iger kind of stepped in and to to patch things up um and you have not seen the Imagineering story, have you? I've not. Okay, no. you probably don't care as much as I do about like the intricacies. You are of, a like, Disney. I I am a lot way more into Disney than I thought I would be. <laughs> <laughs> so the Imagineering story kind of broke down, like really, like with each CEO, like how did they have an effect on Disney parks, sure. and to some extent, also the movies and all that stuff. Um, gosh, I got so into it, I don't even know where I was going. <laughs> we're talking about the Imagineering story. We're talking about the Disney CEOs. And then, oh, right. So I, I think the whole idea of like being a Disney CEO, like what does it mean? Is they're like, well, it's really just to embody the spirit of Walt Disney. And to, 
I'm getting the look on your face. Like Sorry, that. I am a little bit. <laughs> but no, that's the whole thing. It's that like, certainly sounds something the Disney company would say yes, about its CEO. It was like when Walt Disney died, nobody knew what to do. They were so confused. They were running around like chickens with their heads cut off. They were like, "Well, we don't Dude. have Walt to tell us what to do. So what the heck do there, we do?" Have you heard like crazy stories about that? Like Walt Disney like recorded footage. Of himself before he died that he played like five, ten years after his death. Oh, my God. Two people he knew would be in the room. He would even like go, and you, Lester, I want you to put this parks like ten years after he died. And Lester's like, sit there, Lester, here's your name tag. Strange man. <laughs> That's really, I have never heard that one before. Um, but yeah, so I think it's kind of like you, they want that like Walt Disney figure. They want, I mean, obviously they want somebody who can think creatively, somebody who can like push boundaries and all those sorts of things. So That's kind of like basically on this guy Chappick's shoulders. Oh yeah. Now. And I mean, which again, is a, like, it's a, he's got a lot. He has a ton. <laughs> I mean, again, under Iger's tenure, the company expanded to levels where I am now basically afraid of Disney because they're so powerful. Yeah. <laughs> because they do own Marvel and they do own, you know, ABC mm-hmm. and they do own uh, Lucasfilm. And now they have Disney Plus, which also was another Iger success. Right. Which is now a giant major streaming service. Um, I mean, can they keep growing forever? I think that's kind of the kind of thing that Chappie's yeah. going to have to deal with. I mean, it, 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 it's... Weird to think that this big monolith, all big monoliths, companies like this, obviously they have their own momentum, but the person at the top does matter a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're totally right that you can trace the history of this company, of any company or a country even, mm-hmm. um, through the people at the very top and what happens during their tenures. Maybe it's not all they're doing because, you know, anything that big, I'm hesitant to put it all on like one person does everything. Yeah. It's like a movie, you know, like. We say the director did it, but really, there's so many people involved. Exactly. Like, a lot of yeah. contributions. Same thing with the company. But it definitely matters. It does. When there's a new CEO at a place this big. Mm-hmm. And um, I wish Bob Chappick luck. And I just say, don't be too evil. Because I'm always afraid yeah. of Disney doing is getting too evil. Is <laughs> yeah, using really their powers turn. for bad. <laughs> they really haven't. Do- I mean, I, I don't think they've really done it yet. I've enjoyed what they're doing. I have Disney Plus. I like the MCU. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I just worry about so much power in one place. I can. Yeah, I get that. I definitely get that. It's interesting. It's like, though, he's got like people like Kathleen Kennedy and like Kevin Feige oh, who goodness. like are heading their departments. So it's kind of like, OK, you can run and do your own thing. Just like check in with me every so often. So maybe that'll help him. Um, but like when things come, when it comes down to it, there have been times where it's like with Disney parks, it's like. One guy doesn't really care about Disney Park, so they're going to get cut funding or something like that. So, like, if he doesn't care about something, might get cut. We might not see any more. We might see yeah. some really big changes. Um, so, that's probably not going to happen in the next year, but maybe next couple of years we'll start seeing No more changes. movies. We're just making slot machines yes. now. That's what's going to happen to Disney <laughs> under Bob Chaffin. Ching, ching, ching. <laughs> Wait, let's uh, answer some questions here in the comments yeah, before we move on to our next topic. On. Really quick, let's do a little writing around. Um, you guys are right. Uh, there is mention of Mark Hamill joining the cast of The Witcher, mm-hmm. which it's not confirmed yet, but maybe. That's like the big thing being That'd tossed be around. Really cool. But they offered the role of of Geralt's, of Geralt's mentor to like Mads Mikkelsen, Michael McKean. They both said no. And wow. now they're like, they might be going to Mark Hamill. It's like, would you do it? But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, are they going to be less restrictive at Disney? Again, we'll, we'll have to see what happens with the new Disney yeah. guy. Um. 
Oh, and yes, Christopher Hishvu. We already said that. I think we said that last week, right? Has joined the Witcher cast. Perfect. Face for fantasy. Yeah. He's official now. It's official. It wasn't official last week, but it is now. They announced that there's a little list, so it's definitely happening. I'm sure he'll fit right in. He's playing basically, oh, speaking of Disney, um, he's playing basically the beast in a Beauty and the Beast kind of twist of a story. (laughs) I'm sure he'll do fine. Um, blah, 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 blah. And the CEO of Direct People developed the Disney Vision. Agreed. Oh, and, mm-hmm. and as far as House of the Dragon casting goes, no. Zip, Louise, we haven't heard anything. Mm-hmm. The second we do, we will be so all over it. You won't be able to stop us. And I think that's it. Okay. Speaking of Disney, um, and speaking of Star Wars, maybe they're... Maybe their biggest brand? I don't know. That's arguable. Yeah. Um, yeah. They debuted a whole new thing. They're going to do... And oh, why don't yeah. you take this? Okay. I, frankly, I don't really quite get it. <laughs> so, what is Star Wars The High Republic? So for really... Okay. The backstory is... It's not movies. No, it's not movies. It, I think it's all books. It's all literature. Um, including like novels, Only Disney put in a trailer for a bunch of books. Yeah. So what they did was they were teasing this big thing books. for like a couple weeks now, at least called Project Luminous. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how that relates. But anyway, people were well, like... the color palette was very yellow on it the It is poster. very... Yeah, there's some luminous things going on. They were like, oh, what is this going to be? And most people knew it wasn't going to be like new movies or new shows. Because they're on hiatus right now. Right. So what they wanted to do was they're like, okay, well, now that we've closed off the Skywalker saga... What can we do next to, you know, start like picking around at the timeline and finding new stories? To bring in Dad Min. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm cynical. Just we That's we bounce here. Go on. So what they um what they did was they had a little boardroom um and they created this in this uh trailer um that they released the other day. And basically they had all these uh Star Wars authors come. To kind of like brainstorm, what do they want to see next? Um, so there were like, like folks who have written like the tie-in novels and stuff. Yeah, I believe so. It was a really like diverse range of authors and stuff. I think they're really trying to like push that and make sure the sure. you know writing is more diverse, which I like. Um, so yeah, they had like a. It literally looked like you know being at like in an office and they've got the whiteboard and they're like writing things like yeah, you know, I mean, what do we want like dinosaurs it looked like and, a showrunner's room yeah basically so what they long story short they chose the period just before um the prequels? which they call right before the pre- i think like 200 years before the yeah, prequels yeah. Uh, during like the actual like peak time of the jedi jedi uh, so that's what we've got going on. So one of the novels, the High I think, Republic, yeah. So that's what they're calling this that's era. The new brand of Star Wars content yeah. <laughs> to shove in your mouth yeah. over the next Which, five years or so. Technically, I think I'm not. I haven't read any of the uh, Legend stories, which was. You know, just like spinoff novels and all right. that stuff, which Disney promptly was like, none of that stuff is canon. Sorry. <laughs> um, which that had a lot of backstory in it. So now it's kind of like under Disney there rewriting some of the canons so all the stuff that you know old fans might have read in the past is kind of like fan fiction now unfortunately i think like luke skywalker yeah has a wife and all those sorts of things um luke skywalker went off to an island and was mad yeah (laughs) so now this is they're kind of like re-envisioning the past and there might have been some ideas that they're borrowing so they have one novel that's out now called Light of the Jedi. Um, oh, that's out August 5th, right? Which is out August 5th. Yeah. So these This are- is phase one. Oh, yeah. Because like, they're, they're doing one of those things. <laughs> yeah. 
This is this is a, a content roadmap, as they might say in the video game industry. <laughs> so they've got all these, you know, familiar looking yellow. Jedi. What I think is interesting is that they put in the yellow lightsaber, um, which I think this had only been done one time before in like one of the cartoons recently. So otherwise, I think like George Lucas' original plan was just two colors, red and oh gosh, was it blue? I don't know, man. <laughs> and then they went back and they were like, oh, now we're going to add green. And then Samuel Jackson came along and then he was like, I want purple. And they're like, sure. And now they did Ray. So they're like, okay, we can have yellow too. So it kind of just doesn't matter. You can have whatever like saber color you want. Yellow is always the worst flavor of like Laffy it's, Taffy, M&M, yeah, all that stuff. Banana, so. I'm not, I mean, if you like yellow lightsaber, then that's cool. Um, so that's what's going on there. They say, and they're coming up with a new group of villains too, which they kind of compare to like the Vikings. And like space Vikings. Space Vikings, yeah. So that should be interesting. Um, and, 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 and it's a whole like network. So we have like this yeah. Light of the Jedi novel, which is like a book. Yeah. The first thing to come out. But they also have lots of plans. They got a... What else is what there? What is a middle book? grade book? Can you tell me that? Um, I'm thinking like something you pick up at school, maybe like fifth or sixth grade, middle school. Fifth, sixth, maybe seventh grade at the most. Because right, that follows a middle grade book. Wait, okay, wait. This one is the middle grade book? No, this is, this is the novel. That's the novel. This is okay. for adults. Okay, this is, this is the adult space ninjas. <laughs> the middle grade is a test of courage yes. by Eustina Ireland. And they have other things. They have yeah. Star Wars Adventures, a comic book by Marvel. Yeah, Marvel is doing Into it. Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. Another book, a real book. Yes. And then another comic. The higher, I think the I read one of the Claudia Gray novels. Yeah. I mean, as you said, all these people are Star Wars authors. Yeah. So, okay. Here's my question to you. I mean, A, are you interested? Uh, you know what? It, it's something that I'm interested in. I'd have to see like what the premise of the stories are. Um, but I do think it's kind of like an interest. I do feel like at one point or another, this is going to be used as like base material, script material for TV shows and spin-offs. That was going to be my that big was question. question. I because, think, yeah. Like we heard before Benioff and Weiss well, like walked away, were let go or fire, however you want to phrase yeah. it, from the Star Wars trilogy, the word was they were going to make a... Star Wars children movies set kind of in the past mm-hmm. of the Republic. I mean, it might have been during the old Republic, and I'm not a Star Wars expert, so I don't know yeah, like, all I think the difference, this is, but it's this sounds like vague enough. My question is, is this stuff that was supposed to be used for movies that they've now repurposed? Ooh. Um, while they figure I, out what the hell they're going to do with the on-screen stuff? That I really don't know. I think, oh man. It to me Cause, sounds because that's what I thought when I started to read through it. I'm like, this sounds kind of like what Benioff and Weiss were going to do. It could I wonder be. if they got cold feet and are like, let's go back to the drawing board, think about the movies for a while, but we can't like not be putting out Star Wars stuff for eight seconds. So it we got something else. It could, I, I could definitely see that being a thing where they're like, you know, let's hold on, let's get some like actual good writers on board to kind of sort this thing out before we make a mess of things. <laughs> um, but yeah, it should be interesting. Like if you like Star Wars in general, maybe it's going to be fascinating. Um, I tend to like when if I do, I've I think I've read like two of the novels, so not all mm-hmm. of them. Um, but I only read them because it was like, oh well, Princess Leia is in this, or it's telling me <laughs> something more about the series as a whole, the Skywalker saga. Uh, so they could come up with some like new compelling characters that would be interesting. But <laughs> I don't know. 
it may, also maybe it's, it's because I need to find time to read and not like, you sure. know, be watching TV or being on YouTube you, or Twitter. Um, books on tape are really working for me. I'm, really? I'm almost at the end of The Eye of the World and The Wheel of Time. Through yeah. Book on tape, listen to it as I like, you know, do a commute, do showers, whatever. That's so, yeah. It's great. <laughs> I mean, is that still reading if you do a book on tape? I, it Am I still reading a book if I listen to it on tape? I Call think it, I, to me it counts. You're still getting your dose of literature. <laughs> I think so. I try to read too, but um, I'm interested in this stuff. It's just like more as an example of uh, how Disney is handling the brand. It's mm-hmm. like I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. probably not going to read Star Wars books. It's just not up my alley. Oh yeah, no. but um, I do find it fascinating that how, that just how how they're handling this yeah. because it's one of their biggest assets. As I said, they're one of the biggest companies in the world. They have to handle it gingerly, well, and effectively. Mm-hmm. And um, I, w- I I do think this is kind of their bridge between where they ended with Rise of Skywalker and whatever the next movies end up being. Yeah, yeah. Just something to hold us over and create like a whole new universe. I mean, you'll get fan out of, out of this, oh. people... Imagine the characters. You have fan art already, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> that yellow lightsaber is starting a lot of fan art already. Fan castings, that should be fun. Um, so there's a lot that you can spin off just from these books. <laughs> All right. That's enough for Star Wars today. Okay. Although we, this is a very sci-fi focused show. Yeah. And the chair also. Yeah. Um, are you done with Westworld, Mia? I am. Hurrah. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the oh season? my gosh. What a wild ride. It I, was did, a wild I ride. did enjoy it. I... Uh, I enjoyed some of like the twists that they had planned. Again, I don't know like how how much spoiler we can be. Well, we're going to talk about season three in a second. But Trace it counts, by the way, that me reading the book. So good, yay! <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I overall I like. <laughs> I'm sorry, it. but Julie says it's not reading; it's listening to a book. So we have a debate. <laughs> not technically reading. <laughs> oh man, agreed with Julie. Nicole says, "Well, darn." <laughs> just imagine, yeah. Just imagine the words, right, like as so you're hearing them. <laughs> by a vote of three to one, I am not reading the Wheel of Time when I listen to it. You are not. I'm sorry. Goodbye. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Anyway, um, you were yeah, saying yeah. So Westworld. Westworld was strange, as you as you said. It took some really really weird turns, but I think overall, I, I kind of liked the direction. I was never like dissatisfied with anything. Um, and now this past week, they released uh, technically another trailer for Westworld. Um, I did my research. The last, the first trailer came out in Comic Con um, during yeah, 2019, which I, you know, I wasn't into it back then, so I didn't know about it. But so between July and February is a really big leap to not have a trailer. So I was happy to see some new stuff. <laughs> yeah, and now we have a brand new one, and I'm back on board. Let's watch the trailer for Westworld yeah, yeah, yeah. Out next month. I was born into this world, and my first memories of it are pain. For my kind, there was one place we were never allowed to go. One place we were never allowed to see. Your world. Who are you, Dolores? You and I are a lot alike. They put you in a cage, decided what your life would be. They did the same thing to me. You've been watching me. Not me, but someone. Something has. Who's that we're going after? 
person who took your future. Welcome to my world, Maeve. What do you want from me, then? Dolores. I want you to track her down and kill her. Welcome to the end of the game. Five of us against an entire world of them. It'll be enough. I finally understand my purpose. All right. I'm sorry. Um, by the way, if you guys want to watch the full trailers, you can just tell us. I tend to like not want to do the whole thing because, you know, we have, we have places to be. Um, <laughs> All of us, collectively. Yep. Anyway, um, so Westworld, for me, I watched the second season. I watched first season. I, I liked it a lot. I thought the second season meandered pretty badly. I yep. wanted them to stop talking about the Valley Beyond and the gate, all these stupid buzzwords that I didn't know what they meant. I didn't think they know what they meant. Yeah. It, 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 it seemed to be up its butt a little bit. Um, the third season, I will say that looks interesting. Does it? So what, what I think, what I like about Westworld is how incredibly bleak it is. Like this is a show, a sci-fi show about robots getting sentience that I think the thesis basically is humans are trash. Humans are garbage. Robots are better. Like, I, I'm not sure if we're supposed to root for Dolores Abernathy's quest to overthrow humanity and mm-hmm. usher in a new glorious age of robot rule mm-hmm. or if she's the villain or what but the, the fact that there's ambiguity at all makes you think like you don't think much of humanity do you yeah. which is kind of interesting yeah there's a really big theme now i actually took a whole college class on this a whole college an entire class. college class it was called robot and this was kind of like before i knew that i liked this stuff it was called robots and religion um, and it was basically about That's this cool. premise and what I kind of gathered from this from season two and kind of like what they're going into now is that like I'm a it's kind of like we're not so different. You and I like the thing between robots <laughs> Classic, and humans. Yeah. I think she literally says that. And, the trailer then, at one point. <laughs> and then, yeah, she says it to, uh, I think, Aaron, to Paul. Aaron Paul, Caleb, and then, which is a biblical ass name they're putting ooh. in this. Yeah. <laughs> and then also the thing about like humans and making choices and like there is no free will and like you think you're making choices on your own and you're not really um one of the kind of like easter eggs in this thing um have you seen like you've seen like the hidden trailers and all that stuff i think one thing they're trying yeah to- it's really quick they've been putting out like a lot of trailers one of them was kind of recut dolores and aaron paul to yeah, be like, like romantic a romantic comedy yeah <laughs> Which I like. I like they were having fun with themselves, poking, poking fun of themselves. Yeah. I think that's... Yeah, that's, it was like one of the lighter trailers. One of my problems with the second season was like that you guys took yourselves real seriously. Yeah. Like, this is a show about killer robots. Like, let's have a little bit of fun here. I think I kind of like the serious, like, nature. T- well, yeah, that's the thing. I do... I There's something so distinct to me about, like, the first episode where it's just Westworld. You're finding out these little mysteries. And then, yeah, things really kind of spiral. Um, but I think as far as like the debate thing goes about like, oh, you know, discovering that humans are, well, okay. I do feel like that's kind of being shoved down your throat. <laughs> you know, like humans are bad. Humans are basically it's machines. Not subtle. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like, um, kind of like with the, 
the library scene at the end of season two where he's like i found out that humans were more simple than i thought i was making everything so complex and then i found out that they're just you know a bunch of simple things and they think they're making their own decisions but they're really not and it's like well thanks i feel great (laughs) i mean again it it impressed me because like this is like a show that has a ton of money behind it a ton of support and like we're gonna give you millions of dollars and say we're all crap good for you like i I, i'm glad they're going there (laughs) yeah i would really i I feel like if it wasn't hbo there'd be like we want a more human positive message for this yeah because most of our viewers are humans our market research shows and we should probably (laughs) most of them most of them some of them are ai i think if i could go back and fix anything i feel like it would just be to kind of like make sure they didn't lean too far and like into escaping into the real world and i would have just said like to seen things more westworld like like I, I mean, things have just veered so far offhand now, but there's just something nice about like being in the parks mm-hmm. and like, yeah, maybe exploring the other parks. That stuff I'm open to, which as we saw, there's going to be, <laughs> which is terrible like to World say. World War II. Yeah, World, World War II land. Which like, why some, wouldn't you want to go yeah, there? Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of mysteries to uncover, which I guess I like the mystery aspect of it, finding out like what's going on with the park, finding out, you know, who's selling information and all that. That's going to be really huge oh privacy and data oh, it's gonna completely. be really huge yeah a lot of I facebook mean, themes and all that the show does like tap into some really trenchant current issues which yeah. i like like the, my, my favorite thing about it is that it goes big like it's not afraid mm-hmm. to like tackle big themes i i do think it's it could be a little subtler it could yeah. be a little repetitive about it and but you know I, I, I do like that it goes there. i think that pushes it into a black mirror theme because the totally. whole i do get that black mirror's this, purpose this is basically a black mirror is to make you yeah it's to make you think about these topics it's like what if something that we have now was pushed like just a little bit further into the absurd or like the not so absurd to mm-hmm. be honest and so i think that's what this has kind of gone into and again i'm like it's fun it's fine but maybe if they use up just a little bit, like I think it needed a bit of a reset. So I'm happy at a change of setting. I think it'll do it good. Yeah. I think, I think we get that a little bit lost in um, uh-huh. a tunnel last season with just being in the park. So I'm happy there you expanding know, the scope a little bit. I wish there was some uh, Teddy this season. So that's, you know, he what? got his reward. <laughs> Poor Teddy. He was so upset. <laughs> I know, but I want And now he lives in digital heaven or whatever the hell that's supposed to be. <laughs> Where's that server? You know, I don't know. It's up in the cloud. I think there. Well, yeah, but the cloud runs because there's like a server bay in Wyoming or something. That's like if you torch that thing, Teddy is gone. No, that's all I'm saying. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, totally. Like we're way off topic, but I remember. I remember thinking about that. Like when the season two thing aired, they were like, "He's in digital heaven now." Uh-huh. Yeah, but like, where's digital heaven stored? Like, what computing power is that running on? Like, it's on, like, a satellite or something. Yeah. Like, that can get shot down. He's not safe, is all I'm saying. Jeez, we can still wow. get him. Rain on my parade. <laughs> <laughs> He's safe for now. And finally, in uh, sci-fi, Mia, yeah. how is the season of Doctor Who going? You know what? Season 12. It's pretty exciting. I took a, like, break-ish from Doctor Doctor 12. Doctor Who. Doctor 12. <laughs> I like that, actually. Doctor 12. Um, they've been setting up this interesting storyline. They always have, like, an overall art, you know, that's kind of, like, set up in between things. So, right now, they're bringing the Cybermen back, which is interesting. Um, and the Master. And, and uh, the... Right. So, they've got a brand new Master, too. 
and gosh where do i even begin so this is what kind of like dubbed as the lone cyberman which actually john Bar- barrowman barrowman i never know how to say his last Whatever. name he came back as um harkness yeah jack harkness, jack harkness and jack. he never actually met the doctor but he told the companions he was like warn her about the lone cyberman there's oh, yeah. something going on um and so right now the doctor kind of goofed she gave the Cyberman, this lone Cyberman, something that like contains all the knowledge about like Cyberman history or something. Even though Jack Harkness was like, don't let him do it. Don't let him have it. And so the doctor kind of messed up history <laughs> or something like that. Uh, because Oops. the Cybermen are all about like taking the human race and turning them into machines, which talk about that Westworld crossover. <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a sci-fi kind of week we're having yeah here. it's a big sci-fi week so um this past sunday was like the penultimate episode yeah. of like a two-part finale um where they're like yeah it, it i can't believe it's already where they're like uh they find themselves like trapped on a big cyberman ship and they're like cornered um and there's there's like this whole other story about their home planet of gallifrey and the master kind of like blew it up or something there there's a lot of big question marks <laughs> a lot of to be on, honest yeah. and i'm like how are they gonna wrap are, are this you, up have you been satisfied though with the season have i been I, I haven't been watching it i have i i i, I have watched the show but I've, i haven't yeah give up this one yeah it's been good because it begins some criticism people have been saying like the ratings are down a little bit People are, I mean, I hate yeah. those like, it's too woke, whatever that means. But yeah, there's been are, a you lot. been enjoying the season. I, you know what? No, I really am enjoying this. And I think that um, it's interesting. Yeah, because I think like the Peter Capaldi era is when I fell off. And I think yeah, that was just because did. when Stephen Moffat was the showrunner, I felt like he was kind of losing some steam. He there was, he had his moments, though. Right. Um, and so this one, I feel like, is kind of, even though I, I need to go finish the previous season as well, because that to me was getting kind of slow. Um, but this one to me is interesting. I think the doctor, Jodie Whittaker is doing better. Um, out of the companions, I think Graham is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other two, Ryan and Yaz are just kind of there, <laughs> unfortunately. But no, Those I think were they might not all return next season. Yeah, I, I can, you know, I can definitely see that happening. Usually that happens where like, you know, a companion, get shipped off or something like sure. at the end of the season so i'm i kind of felt i was like "Ooh, is that coming this season um that kind of happened with like bill potts with peter capaldi it was very tragic like cyberman story um and all that but <laughs> there was there's also a funny rumor about graham um the old you know the guy other guy yeah, the older guy the bus driver um, <laughs> who they were like is he the doctor um <laughs> This is a whole big thing right now. Oh, yeah, I heard it because he you, was kissed on the list by Jack Harkness. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was that. And then this past episode, he said something where it sounded like he was going to say, I'm the dot, but he caught himself and he said something else. And now everybody's like, ooh, there's that big twist that's coming. <laughs> so I, I personally think that the stutter was just like him being like, you know, messing up his lines, joke, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, like human error, basically. It wasn't intentional. Right. But then again, if he wants to be the doctor, we already had another doctor this season. So the more the mirror. So it sounds like you are enjoying it. So that's, that's, that's I good, am. Yeah. The long, there have the been, short of it. There has been discourse. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I really don't. I could see why people would, you know, the wokeness maybe is a change if that's what you want to call it. I just wonder if it's been it, going on a while now, the show. Yeah. I mean, this is 12th season. You know, even if you have regenerating characters. 
Yeah. I don't know. 12 years is a long time to go. It's a lot to, to keep up with. And I do like, I, I, I kind of have like my favorite period where it's like David Tennant was great. I kind of like came in with Matt Smith too. So I liked him. So it's kind of like once you change that, oh God, what are the comments? Nothing. No, oh. you going. I, 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 I'll read it afterwards. Okay. That's great. But yeah, so it's like once you kind of get out of the people that you, you know, like Matt Smith is gone, David Tennant's gone. It's like, you know, is it worth me watching? I kind of like went through this whole run. Um, but I'm liking Jodie Whittaker, so it's fine. Yeah. I enjoyed the last season. Um, and I will I, I will catch up this one when I can. Um, I mean, I, I, I do wonder if maybe like a little break might be nice. Uh, n- not because it's, I hate the like, it's too woke. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. But just, it's been on for 12 years. Maybe a little like wrap reset. it up at some point it should have had a woman doctor like two doctors ago is what i yeah. think like or it's it's unfortunate that like it's kind of winding down now and people, yeah people are gonna blame it on like oh it's a female doctor people aren't watching like now it's 12 seasons in and people are yeah. starting a little bored <laughs> yeah all, all long long shows are going down i think like walking dead is is losing ratings and all although that, it's so. still so popular it's, yeah okay i okay. have to read this comment <gasps> from jen casey and Julie Davies, by the way, thank you for thanking us for covering Doctor Who. Yeah, happy to cover Doctor Who. It's a big show. In case he says, I hope the show you I hope this show your show here, Dan, stays around a long time. Because I would miss y'all. Thank you, Jan. Very nice. And like to see that other little fella come back again too. And I have to assume. <laughs> I later you say, Jen. <laughs> I think so. Skinny glasses. He was cool too. Yes, that is definitely Josh Hill, the little guy. Skinny glasses. Um, I cannot wait to relay this information to him Josh a little is later. Be delighted. <laughs> we'll have him back. Um, I'm trying to get more folks on here. We had oh, a yeah. Reba on a couple of weeks ago to do Outlander. She, I want her to come back to do Outlander a little later. Yeah, she's because she's sapping it up for us. And yeah, we we'll be happy to get that little guy back on here to talk about something or other. <laughs> <laughs> just gotta find someone he's into hmm. and uh yeah if, if you do like this show we're also available in a podcast form to listen to at your leisure on itunes google uh wherever podcasts are available we also got the wick club where we do There's, extra videos oh, he's with us in spirit there it's he him. is hello it's it's the little guy skinny with glasses <laughs> that should just be his twitter bio <laughs> I'm sorry, Jen. I, I don't mean to make fun of you. Yeah. I, I, I just I, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> it's really accurate. Um, and we will be back here next week, Wednesday, 4 p.m. Standard time. Sure will. Especially talk about more, you know, news, reviews, analysis, insights, and uh, to talk to you guys again. Yeah. So we will see you then, and have a great week. Bye. Bye-bye. Hopefully this is the last time you hear this ad, because with Chime Checking Account, features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts, or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals 24. That's chime.com goals 24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. 
Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.